Robin, I would love to just hear the loadout. It sounds like you guys overhauled the entire product and collection offers being probably the most interesting thing just to the average ordinals enjoyer. So I would love to hear about how you accomplished this and just, yeah, some more details on what you guys launched. GM, GM, yeah, thanks for having us. So just quick overview of what Liquidium is, what we're doing. So we're an ordinal lending platform where you can borrow and lend Bitcoin against your ordinals. And in the past, like couple of months, we have been in closed beta. We had a product out there. And basically how it worked is people that had ordinals could request loans so they could, for example, have their OMB as collateral and they could request 0.1 Bitcoin or something. And then somebody else, if they think this request is cool, they could take it and you would start a loan. But what we noticed is that this mechanism where borrowers basically request loans is somewhat inefficient because first of all, there are a lot of borrowers who don't know like what terms work. And it's like really just takes a lot of time to create a loan request and then wait for somebody else to pick it up and then finally accept it. And yeah, just a couple of days pass by until you finally get the loan. And what we notice is that most people that, that want to have liquidity against their illiquid ordinal are people that need it fast. They want to mint a new collection. They want to get some more goosenels or something, and they need liquidity right now. So what we did now is basically we restructured the platform from the ground up where the lenders create collection offers. So offers on collections, these are loan offers. So for example, you could go to Ordinal MaxiBiz and you could say, I'm willing to lend 0.1 Bitcoin to any OMB. And then somebody who has an OMB can just come to Liquidium, click borrow and boom, basically get a loan instantly. The lender has to confirm one more time and countersign the signature. This is just to make it 100% trustless. But yeah, this is the biggest update that we had so far is just basically giving borrowers instant liquidity. And on top of that, what's new is we're still in closed beta, but we gave access to our full waitlist, which is about 20,000 people. Uh, we also introduced an invite system where basically everybody can invite up to three more people. So it's open at this point. We want to limit the growth rate a little bit just because we're still like in alpha, basically. And then also we added notifications because we had received like a lot of user feedback that notifications are just really important if you're doing lending because you want to be notified when your loan is about to be expired. You want to be notified if somebody picks up your offer and stuff like that. So that's basically everything that's new in terms of the product. And then we also did a new logo and just branding in general. And you know, I think this is also really cool, just like going to orange right now because we are building on Bitcoin and that's what we want to do. We love the space. So yeah, we felt like this rebrand was good to combine it with the new product. Awesome. Yeah, congrats. Obviously, you guys have been hard at work. That's no shortage of features to have shipped. It seems not that long ago you released the lendings. Lots of iterations. Great to see. How hard is it to just make it a standard? Look, I know this isn't what you do. You guys like are a lending platform. But how hard is it to take the tech that you guys have built and just make it a standard offer on the collection where somebody just accepts the offer if they hold a piece and just skip the kind of lending period part and just go straight to liquidation, if you know what I'm saying? 
yeah, actually, this should be way easier, in, in fact, because you can basically skip the entire DLC and escrow part of the ordinal. You just have to create, like, basically a marketplace where the offers are made. And just to clarify, like, how can we make this a good user experience and still make it trustless? If you would want to create collection offers where the someone else could just pick it up and buy it immediately, that's way more difficult on Bitcoin because you would essentially have to pre-sign uh, PSBTs with every holder of this collection. And if Ordinal is traded to another user, like the, the PSBT would be invalid and stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to build. And this is why we put such a focus on notifications because essentially what you're doing on Liquidium now and what you could also do on a marketplace is you are sending an off-chain offer on a collection and then we basically make sure that if somebody has a piece of this collection, they can use this ordinal to start the PSBT, so to sign the first half of the PSBT. And then as soon as the for us, the borrower, or in, in a marketplace case, the buyer would basically accept the offer, the lender or the seller would get a notification and and we have like telegram notifications and email notifications so you are notified right away and it's basically okay somebody accepts your offer now sign it that's how we're getting around this limitation of bitcoin is just like notifying the lender or notifying the seller in a marketplace very interesting that's super clever so if somebody makes an offer that is backed by like a signature for the initial offer or it's not, and then what happens is you let somebody know that this offer was made and then they start signing things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so basically as soon as a lender creates an offer, they set the terms. So they say, I want to lend X amount of money and also the duration and the interest rate is set. And then this is basically stored in the back end. And then a borrower can just accept the offer and will start the PSPT with the terms from the back end. But obviously, this is also verifiable on the blockchain as soon as the borrower creates the first PSPT. Yeah, that's a super clever way to go about it, right? Because it is this interesting question. I've talked to a few people and it's like, how do you, if there's a 10K PFP collection and you want to do collection offers, like collection offers is not a small thing. This is a massive part of any NFT collector's experience on most chains. And, and traders essentially can't live without it, right? Like, this is probably the majority of volume is through the collection offer mechanism. I don't want to put numbers out there, but it's a very popular thing on Ethereum. And if we were to do it here, the most logical way is exactly what you just said. Like people would literally for a 10K PFP to do the PSPT atomic swap, you would sign 10,000 transactions which it's just ridiculous, right? I don't know. Maybe it is something that could be done, but it just seems ridiculous. You guys have a kind of clever workaround where at the user experience level, you can't really tell the difference. There's basically an extra step in there because you're making the seller sign first and then the buyer signs instead of going the other way, which seems more intuitive, but isn't actually how you're doing it. So that, that's like pretty fascinating. I'm interested to see some people use this because it is I think it's a pretty powerful tool, and I'd love to see if people used it just to get liquidity on their assets based on wanting to sell, not even caring about the loan. Because I do feel like there's people who enjoy the liquidity of collection offers, and then there's people who enjoy making the collection offers. 
And you guys have all the pieces there. You just have a lot of extra in between because there's people primarily will be using this to loan things. But I'm curious personally to see if there are people who will end up using this not for the loans, but for something different just to get liquidity, which would be interesting. If that use case emerges, maybe it doesn't. Who who knows? Maybe it's mostly focused on DeFi. But I think it's a cool experiment. It's the first time ordinals collectors will really have a taste of, of collection bids. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And actually, like, you could actually use Liquidium in this way right now where you just do collection offers and basically trade because if the loan defaults, then obviously the ordinal, it switches the holders. So, and also if a loan defaults, we don't take any sort of fee or something. It's basically just like if the lender decides to basically give out a 100% uh, loan to value ratio and the borrower doesn't repay the loan, then you would have a regular transaction like on a marketplace and then it would be a collection offer in this sense. But yeah, we're focusing on ordinal lending because uh, we feel like this is like a space that people want, especially also for lenders, because you can easily grow your Bitcoin. You can just basically create offers on collections you like and you just set 50% of the floor price or something And then if the borrower repays the loan on time, then you just earn a lot of Bitcoin. And if they don't repay the loan, you get an ordinal at a massive discount, which is really cool. And definitely what we're targeting here. Yeah, Robin, I'm hoping people are aware enough of how lending borrowing is the most critical component to any economy. Like you can't really have a legit economy without lending and borrowing. It obviously brings so much with it. And Obviously, I think you would admit like we're more early days on Bitcoin as it comes to lending, borrowing, and DeFi. Ethereum's got a pretty large head start there. I think DeFi Summer really kicked off a lot of that. But I don't know, like people like you pushing forward here, it gives hope that Bitcoin DeFi isn't just going to be this dream. You can truly have uh, DeFi on Bitcoin. And I think as you guys continue to move in, hopefully a more trustless direction and DLCs hopefully become more and more trustless. I think it's a very interesting area of Bitcoin to come up. I think Rindell has a question for you. Yeah, I uh, love following the development. I, I think you guys are one of the coolest projects in Bitcoin, like using DLCs with ordinals is just great. So I, I love it. Question I had for you, and, and maybe this is like a future roadmap question, but one of the things that's unique, I think, about the ordinals ecosystem is that um, there's a, a whole, in addition to the 10K PFP collections, there's also a lot of artists doing like really high quality, large size, like one of ones or really small collection runs where they'll do five pieces and either they auction them off in like a Dutch, Dutch auction or like Magic Eden has English auctions now or whatever. And it, it seems like a lot of the traditional NFT liquidity tooling is really optimized and built for like large collections do you guys have an opinion on whether people who are doing either like really small collections or just like one of ones like if, if there's a way of pricing those in a way that's compatible for the borrow led market so this is actually what we started with like up until now the last couple of months what we had live is basically custom requests as i said like a borrower could request a loan so somebody who had an ordinal it could be a one of one they could request a loan. But what we noticed is that most of the volume right now is in these 10K, 5K or whatever collections. So this is what we wanted to improve on just because this is like what most of our users used right now. But we hear you like 
custom requests. I think they are really cool, especially like for one-of-one pieces and blue eye OMBs or whatever, like whatever you have that is like really special. So we definitely want to bring custom requests to Liquidium again in a reworked way where it's more curated. And then also on top of that, we heard you all like rare sets. So we also hear you, but I don't want to promise anything here. I I'm just hearing you. <laughs> Query, did you want to ask if they're going to allow for lending of rare sets? Yeah, man. So he read my mind. <laughs> I think ordinal space comes with some extra gimmicks and there's a need for liquidity in hunting rare sets. And also there's a nice role that rare sets could play as collateral. So I was curious to ask about any plans in this direction. Oh shit, dude. Providing liquidity for people to go hunt rare sets. That is a market. Yeah, 100%. That is really interesting to us. And I think also something, because it's so special to the ordinal space, like you don't have this with any sort of other blockchain where you have NFTs and stuff like that. You don't have rare sets. And definitely something we're looking into right now. And yeah, Query has been a help here uh, as well. And, and we have been brainstorming a little bit. And I love this idea of using your rare sets to get more liquidity to hunt even more sets it's crazy like you need a lot of liquidity to hunt it, it reminds me of like in the age of discovery like if you're some wealthy like landowner you give a ship a whole bunch of money and you say go explore and find me riches and then you get it back this is like the on-chain version of that all right guys so everybody heard it here first robin very much emphasized the words really and definitely when he answered query's question so we're all very much expecting a rare sat lending tool on Bitcoin very soon. <laughs> and also the takeaway from this conversation should be go use Liquidium as a marketplace, even though Robin didn't build it for that. I'm bullish on that use case. I'll, I'll absolutely just admit it's like if you are hunting rare sats, the ability to increase the Bitcoin you're like withdrawing from these exchanges, it's like free money. <laughs> so if you can increase that in any way while you're hunting, that makes so much sense. Would be interested to see try out some of these products when they come out, guys. Very exciting stuff. Billy, go ahead. Yeah, while we're on uh, the topic of rare sats real quick, I will say the ambition and cleverness in this space is incredible. But it also has me feeling like I can't keep up with that as a like point and clicker <laughs> over here. Like I have one automated thing. Like when the funds hit Coinbase, they zap out to a whitelisted wallet. But to have the whole process fully automated where you're sat panning 72 times per day and I'm like doing it in between my work day, there's no competition. So I want to give that person as much liquidity as possible and take a cut. But I think as of this weekend, and maybe there's teams who have been silent who already have the entire process automated, but I think the game is changed forever in that dynamic. And I think it's going to be so quick to just pan out the rare and interesting sats out of these hot wallets on exchanges. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how that shifts the supply and demand in the market. And if we start to see more liquidity come in this specific sector. But yeah, mad props, Robin. Awesome stuff, dude. I've really noticed like the marketplaces ever since there's been like offers and bids just in general, it's a huge buff to everything. There's just so much more liquidity. Things are selling that 
would have just been sitting there. It's really healthy for the space. And you just see all these artifacts moving, rocks, OMBs. It's just such a game changer when someone can say, hey, like I'm interested at this price point and provide bids and asks. Billy, dude, just as you're about to hang up your career as the rare stat hunter, the rare stat hunting as a service comes out. I'm waiting for the UI where you just send $50 worth of Bitcoin, a million dollars gets withdrawn from Binance, checked. If there are uncommon stats, you luck out, you make more than your money. If you get unlucky, you get nothing. That's the dream, right? Because then you don't have this. Dude, people are shitting their pants, sending their like net worth to Binance back and forth and copy-pasting addresses. Much easier than it was maybe a couple months ago, but even still, it's like a pretty terrible experience, just objectively. So I'm waiting for stat hunting as a service. I think you've got a idea there. It's coming, dude. You look at like the mining industry on Bitcoin and it's super popular for people to rent these miners and reap the rewards. So I'm here for it. Before we go to Query and Rindell, I want to hear, Robert, you got any secret sauce for us? You, you even have the iPhone notifications telling you, like, you, you found interesting stats, right? This is no just small feat. You've got a pretty sleek setup. Do you want to share any of your secret ways or is it all uh, top secret right now? <laughs> yeah, previously I was getting woken up in the middle of the night at egregious hours repeatedly to uh, and extracting them manually. But I will say doing it automatically is a massive time saver. But yes, all I'll say in the sort of automation respect is the sats stay flowing. Ooh, I like it. Query, you had your hand up. What's up? Yeah, so Billy, you were referring to just isolating and extracting rare sats, right? Because... There are two full processes on this. First is like withdrawing from exchange, detecting and isolating them. And the second one and the complete one is actually integrating Magisat's API and auto-listing them as well. So that's like passive income. I think with your API that you can make available and then the other pieces of the puzzle, it sounds like Robert is admitted to, admitting to be the person who has completed the loop. With that kind of fully automation where it's actually listing them, that's unstoppable. And awesome work on that as well. I just imagine Robert like sitting back in like a giant lounging chair, just printing money. Everything's automated. He's just sitting there. He gets a little notification on his phone. You just made $200 from your uncommon sat that was just sold or something like this. Robert, go ahead. I was joking with Corey about this. I'm like, can we have the API? Can I fetch the floor price from the API and brick the floor price minus 5%? <laughs> In all seriousness, that's probably not going to happen. But I think the scale at which people are doing this is really what's crazy. Corey's built such a good community around Magisat. I really encourage jumping in the Discord and just seeing like all the activity going down. There's just, you know, people looking for individual sats now. There are, you know, people looking for certain uncommons and the community's really strong, I'd say. So if you want any exposure, definitely check that out. And also, there are a lot of people doing this at scale. I, I truly didn't appreciate until some of the popping in the Discord, how many people are doing 100 million plus a day to all of the exchanges and doing it automatically. There are a lot of sat banners now. I don't know how much in fees are being spent, but it's got to be insane. Rendell, what do you think of all this? I think it's great. One of the developments that I know is coming, I haven't seen it happen at scale yet, but I just feel it coming, 
is once all the exchange automation is in place, I think the next direction that people are going to look to for untapped wells is going to be things like CoinJoin and CoinSwap protocols, where you have like lots of users handing around different coins to try to increase privacy and fungibility. And one of my absolute favorite things about the whole like ordinal space is when DGENs end up accidentally like making Bitcoin better in ways that the Puritans like and benefit from, but through gritted teeth. And if you combine the last two things that we were just talking about, which is there being a marketplace for people to provide capital for sat hunters and sat panners to go out and look for rare sats. If you combine that with Bitcoin privacy protocols like coin joins and coin swaps, then what you have is the rare sat market basically subsidizing Bitcoin privacy liquidity, which is just great because the uh, Puritans will like yell and scream about how rare sats are total fiction. But there, there's a pretty straight line to growing the amount of liquidity that's available in privacy protocols by an order of magnitude once like all the sat hunting moves into that space. That's a really good thought, Rindell. And I was thinking about that as I, w- I tried actually coin joining. I was like, all I need is just someone else's coins. Why don't I try this? It turned out it's not as quick as some of the other things. But the more people that are putting their coins in rotation, the more secure it becomes. So that's like an amazing byproduct. All right, guys, who's going to build it? I think there's a pretty good template here for a pretty sleek user experience of click a button, hunt rare sat, right? You got to go from January, February, like early, early rare sat hunting days and complete the loop the way Robert's done at the user experience level. Because I do think this kind of just turns into like mining or something at the end of the day where it's this diminishing returns type of thing, right? Not everyone's going to be like joining, becoming a miner, you just make it a little bit less profitable for everyone else. So I'm interested to see, you probably have analytics tools on top of this as well that are probably pretty valuable. Because yeah, like I can already see if we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars a day, multiple participants, these hot wallets. I guess my really big question is, can Binance thwart any of this? Can Coinbase thwart any of this in any weird ways? Because it's an interesting effect on like potentially their business, right? Because it's like they're not aware. They're probably aware of it, but they're not doing anything about it. But does this end up being a, a product that's owned by the exchanges because they ultimately control those hot wallets? Or what really happens there? Do exchanges ever wise up? Basically, does the exchange method, is that a long-term sustainable thing? Or are there going to be other ways to get rare and exotic stats? Maybe Randall was suggesting. So it's a very interesting world out there. There's a lot of Bitcoin. I think probably the easiest thing you could possibly do is find a super wealthy Bitcoiner and just tell them, like, I've got this, like, interesting solution. I'm going to share with you how to make a bunch of extra money. All I want is a 10% cut. Manage the entire thing for them. There's a lot of Bitcoin that's just sitting out there in wallets, right? That's not in these hot wallets. It's probably interesting. I think it's healthy to wake those people up and get those people on board because we're going to have more hurt before you can go up. Like you can't just, there's a lot of uncommon stats out there just sitting there. And like the goal should be bring them all out into the light, get them into collector's hands. Otherwise that's just a slow sell pressure forever until eventually all these people wake up and the faster we can bootstrap that, the better. So I don't know. These are just a bunch of random thoughts here, but we've got some of the brightest rare sat hunting minds on the stage right now. I was thinking about that. It's not like leverage. I think the exchanges, they're happy to collect fees and they have to do a little bit more like 
routing around funds. But I was thinking about this. If you did this with a traditional bank, like sending and withdrawing money, there'd be a bank run in two hours. Only in crypto can you like do this every 15, 20 minutes. You're sending and withdrawing millions of dollars. It's pretty incredible. I think they actually, they don't mind it for the fees. But yeah, any, anything can happen. And come on, Leo, we want some of those wallets to stay dormant. There's entities Dude, I, that I, will likely never touch those, at least for a long time. I think it's super healthy. I've always been on the side of the conversation of get the crypto punk whales to wake up and start selling their crypto punks. Everybody in the crypto punks community, I don't want to say everybody, the majority of people would probably freak out if one of these whales that holds 800 crypto punks wakes up tomorrow and starts flooring, right? Like that, that would be viewed as a bad thing for the short term. The reality is it's such a healthy thing for the long term not to have centralized groups holding 10% of a collection that's worth like $10 billion. That's not, it's not a healthy dynamic, in, in my opinion. So the more sats you can get into the hands of people who value them for what they are, for somebody who just hasn't been told about it and is going to floor it whenever they hear about it, I think you get the rip the bandaid off. Get this is why people are mad at me for tweeting at CZ and like him replying with the eye emoji about his like uncommon sats. But I think it's super healthy for him to get in the rare sat game and, and start. If he wants to list them, list them. If he values them, he wants to make a collection with them, make a collection with them. Like get these things into the hands of people who actually value it versus people who you know think this is all stupid and they're just going to floor it. I, I think you want to have that. I think lead with that. Let's not have that happen in a bull run where you just have people waking up because it is a pain to have these people wake up. I say let's flush it out of our system over the next year would be my kind of perspective on it. But I don't know. Like, we'll see. I think the prices probably need to go up more to wake up the, like, Michael Saylors of the world. But at some point in time, like, there is a certain price where Michael Saylors' friend is telling him, you have $40 million of these things, right? I don't know what that price is for Michael Saylor. Maybe it's $10 million extra dollars. 40 million. There is a number where these people like somebody's going to tell them they have a bunch of like free money that they can just get a bunch of money and they don't have to like really lose anything in their head. Like they are the status quo. They still have their Bitcoin. So I'm interested to see what that number is for people, because as the price goes up, I do think there's going to be a pretty healthy group of people just like kind of Bitcoiners who don't do the Web3 kind of stuff that we're doing, who will just, you know, probably either floor it or become a collector and either one is a great thing for the ecosystem because it gets in, it gets it into the hands of people who actually care query just fun fact we found in the research group an address that holds one full bitcoin of block nines so that's 100 million sats from block nine and it isn't like a super wealthy address it just has 50 or 60 bitcoin lying around and in that, it has like half of the supply of block nines. And it's active, like it moved on June or something like that. Wow, that's wild. That's pretty wild. I know CZ, I was checking the other day, I think he's got a lot as well. I think if you have a lot of Bitcoin, you have a chance of having some block nines. But it's really weird. It's not like the uncommons where they're just spread out really evenly. It's just these, there's a few of these pockets around. So there's like these huge pot wallets with like tens of thousands of bitcoin that don't have any block nines in it it's weird right they of course have uncommon stats but then you've got these random 60 bitcoin wallets with 100 million block nines it's just the block nine supply game is just totally different than the uncommon stack game and i, I think it, you need a much more targeted approach for something like that right it's probably going to make way more sense to 
you could sift your entire life through the hot wallets and get a few block nines or you could just like send an email to whoever this is like track down this person like that's obviously how you know correctly sat on for block nines right it's going to be you know thousands of times more efficient use of your time but i don't know bitcoiners are pretty hardcore about their privacy so it's like good luck with that i do think there will be this is where i'm saying it's very healthy i do think there's a point in time where that person does find out what they have and they basically just floor a bunch of them and and to me that's just extremely healthy there's going to be people who are like i was selling block nines for two dollars that's unfortunately not a sustainable type situation i'm very happy to hopefully see some of these moments happen i think they're inevitable i think that person coming and selling 100 million block nine sats and just dumping those on the market that's extremely healthy it, it helps us get to some sort of price discovery moment rather than just everyone in the space in the back of their heads is like they know that moment's coming i just want to see this market get kicked off and have a healthy market really i guess is the, the summary from all the points i'm making here